Welcome to the HR Uprising podcast. This podcast series explores HR hot topics and challenges through conversations with relevant experts and real-life HR learning and OD professionals. The HR Uprising is about learning through collaboration and evidence-based action. We want colleagues to have the confidence and skills to rise up through their organizations by delivering real, lasting business value. Now, introducing your host, chartered psychologist, experienced change agent, entrepreneur, speaker, and coach, Lucinda Carney. Hello, and welcome to this week's HR Uprising podcast. My name is Lucinda Carney, and I'm your host, and thank you so much for joining us. First of all, I really want to thank everyone who's taken the time to give feedback on the recent solo episodes and the step up in the community of our, our LinkedIn community is really starting to to build. Uh, it's really, really helpful to understand from you the sort of topics that you want to hear. And also, if you find something of use, I very much appreciate it because quite a lot of work goes into preparing, particularly the solo episodes of the podcast. So if I know that you're getting value out of them, that makes it all worthwhile. And with that in mind, the topic today is really about understanding what we mean by mission, vision, values, objectives, how do they all fit together? And that topic was suggested by a member of our HR Uprising community, Nimana Misra. So thank you for that, Nimana. We got on a call and had a good chat about this in her organisation. And it's interesting because when I started researching it, I realised that there's quite a lot of conflicting information out there. I thought I understood clearly what a mission and vision was. And do you know what? I think I was really confused for a couple of hours until I think I got it sorted. So I hope I've got to a point of clarity. Let's hope that also that point of clarity comes over through this podcast for you guys. Before I go further, just to explain for new listeners, HR Uprising community is our LinkedIn community. So please, if you want to be part of that, collaborate with the professionals, please jump in and um, ask to join on LinkedIn, link in with me and, and talk to us. We talk on all, all of the social platforms, so whether you want Instagram or Twitter, we'd love to hear from you. And, you know, the community is only as good as the conversation in it. So we're only starting to get that conversation going and that's wonderful. So please do feel free to get involved. The other thing to uh, make you aware of is within the community, that's where I will post uh, what's coming up in future podcasts and also some of the other opportunities that are arising out of the HR uprising. So for example, in March time, I'll be looking to pilot our first ever mastermind group. And that will be a cohort of people who are going to work together cooperatively, um, co-mentoring, supporting each other, learning together. Um, We're just building that cohort and we're going to build the content with the view that we'll be able to roll it out more widely in the future. I have got a number of people who've already expressed interest in that. Uh, If it's something that would be of interest to you, then please do get in touch with me directly because we'll be finalising that and probably kicking it off around March time. So back to this topic in question, what on earth do we mean by vision, mission, values, objectives? How do they all fit together? Those are the things we're going to cover. We're going to look at what is a vision? What is a mission? What's the difference? We're then going to link into purpose. And that for me is the missing link as to where clarity is and isn't between those two. And then from that, let's understand where do strategic priorities or objectives fit? How do individual objectives fit? And where are values in relation to these topics? And so fundamentally, how does it all fit together? The way in which I'll do this, obviously I'll run through the podcast because 
I often find in terms of preparing this, I have to write stuff down to make sure that um, I've got clarity. What I will do is I will put links on the show notes to this. It'll probably be a blog post or something. So you've got something to refer to if you want to go back and check it. As ever, the show notes are on hruprising.com with lots of useful links and references. I would also, one of the things I'm going to do because I'd promised it to somebody, is there'll be a download available which will be a facilitator's guide for if you want to run a vision or mission statement in your own statement, sorry, workshop in your own organisation. So it'll help you to be able to do that. So as ever, just go to the show notes on hruprising.com if you want to take advantage of any of those. So what do we mean by vision and mission? Do you know? What is the difference? And If you're now going, I'm not quite sure, I wouldn't blame you because I wasn't either once I started looking into it because I realised there was lots of conflicting information out there as they do seem to be quite often confused. So let's go back to definitions. So a vision statement would typically be determined or defined as a long-term aspirational future vision. Ideally, they would say it's concise so that people can grasp hold of it and remember it although there are plenty of vision statements out there that are anything but concise. And that is one area where I think we start to get confused because as they become more detailed, I think what they tend to do is then go into the how they're going to achieve that vision, which is where we get into more mission. So let's have some examples of vision statements so we can get clear on them. So the Disney vision statement is apparently to make people happy. That's nice and easy, isn't it? Amazing, very generic though. Facebook to make the world more open and connected. Which one do you think this is? To accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. So that's Tesla. But I mean, I guess it could be any type of sustainable power type organisation. And to create a world without Alzheimer's is, of course, the Alzheimer's Society. So those are all pretty clear. They're pretty aspirational. And you can see how those are vision statements, can't you? But the interesting thing about them is that they're not terribly precise or specific. So I wouldn't necessarily know what goals to set against those or objectives. They are potentially providing us with an insight into the purpose of that organisation, but we don't necessarily know how people are doing it. I mean, if we take the Disney one to make people happy, it could be some sort of drugs, couldn't it? It could be almost anything. So uh, that's, that's fine because they're vision statements, but that's where we then need to understand what a mission statement is, which to a large extent is more of a chunk down of where we might define how we do that. So to understand your vision statement is, we're saying it's about our optimal desired future state. It's almost like a, a picture, a guiding um, star of where we want to be. And it tends to be really longer term, almost five, 10 plus years, something that might take a long time to get to. We do like it if it's written succinctly in an inspirational manner that means that employees can repeat it. So as I alluded earlier, I felt that when I started looking at these, that maybe the missing link in this and one reason why vision and mission gets confused is if we use the term purpose. And actually purpose is something we do use quite a lot nowadays. Do you know what your purpose is? We have an HR uprising purpose statement. In fact, actually now I come to think of it, I have to go and revisit our own vision and mission for the HR uprising. I've looked at it for actors, so I'll share that later um, and see whether or not I've got it right. I'll have to go and check. By the time you hear this, I'll hopefully have done that. So one of the reasons why I think this is confusing is that actually I believe the vision is largely about explaining our overall purpose, our bigger purpose of what we're here to do. And the thing with that is 
that when we consider everyday parlance, and I said I'm on a mission to do something, or my mission is, we might actually use the word mission and purpose interchangeably. I think we do. By all means, disagree with me if you don't agree. But I think we do, and I think that's why it's quite confusing, because in this terminology, it appears that actually mission is much more about how you're going to achieve your vision or purpose. So to a large extent, I'm saying that your vision, big overarching, it's long term, but it gives you an indicating, indication or understanding of what your organisational or business purpose is. The mission is a chunked down version of that, which explains how you're going to achieve it. Now that seems quite clear, doesn't it? But then I found another area where you can have different levels or types of vision or different, I suppose, contradictions in terms of how people were defining it. And I've put some references as where I got the information from um, at the bottom of, of the piece, but there's so many differences, it's not necessarily that easy to, um, there, isn't, there didn't seem to be an overall expert with a definitive answer. But one thing that I did find that some people felt that this vision should be positive and inspiring externally, and some people defined it as something which was internal, it was private. So they were saying that the mission was what went on the wall, but the vision was something where you were, you could be as um, arrogant or ambitious as you wanted, and it might be just for internal consumption. So I've got a couple of different examples here, and are they both vision statements? That's the question I'll ask you. So the first one is, uh, a just world without poverty. Well, that's pretty definitely external and it's also altruistic. In fact, quite a number of the ones I came across talked about the world when they're talking about values. So that one is Oxfam's um, vision statement. The CIPD one, which is interesting, and I'll refer back to this later because the CIPD had a very long vision statement to such an extent that maybe, I'll get told off by those at CIPD, maybe it was going into uh, more of a mission as well. So maybe it was a combined. So the, I took the first sentence from their statement and I said it took it as we want to create a world of work that's more human. So both of those work as external, more altruistic visions. However, there's no doubt that some companies have very motivational internal visions that perhaps are not for external consumption. Now, I've got a couple of examples here. Unfortunately, they're a bit older. Um, so whether or not people still do this, I don't know. So apparently Nike used to have, or is it Nike, used to have a, a, a vision which was crush Adidas. So that was obviously their direct competitor. And Honda had one, which was to destroy Yamaha. Now, are they vision statements? Well, possibly. And I think maybe they could be reworded to be a little bit more positive. So it could be to be the number one sports shoe or Japanese car provider. However, by me flipping them and making them more positive, even as I say that out loud, there's nowhere near as much passion, is there, as getting people to feel really competitive about crushing the opposition. So what I'll say there is actually, there is a place for that kind of vision. Uh, perhaps it's slightly different and maybe you'd have it in addition to your positive altruistic one, but having something that's quite key about what we're going to do differently in relation to the competition might be something that you want to, to actually bear in mind. Um, and I've got an example of this which worked uh, when I was worked for Pfizer back in 2000 somethings. 
Um, at that time, Pfizer's a pharmaceutical company, to those of you who don't know. And one of the things we had was a, a drug called amlodipine, which was a high blood pressure um, product. The, at the time, the market leader was something called nifedipine, and it was had about 60% of the market share. This drug was the one we were selling, was a newer, cleaner, more expensive version of it. And the product manager at the time set up this, this vision of, for the product, a product vision for, for amlodipine, amlodipine. Um, and we had to go out and it was simply displace nifedipine. It was so simple. So all of us we knew what we needed to go. We'd had to find out, seek out nifedipine and replace it with our drug amlodipine. And do you know what? It was so, so effective. I think within a couple of years, the market share had switched. So whereas I think a nice altruistic vision is definitely something if you want to, to publicise it, sometimes a very focused product-driven vision can be highly effective, but it's much more short term. And the reason I think it's quite key to think about that, so this is when it's short term, is it really vision or is it going into mission? Um, that's because if we think about it, if in a very rapidly changing environment, if we're just focused on displacing one competitor or another product, then we might actually miss the real competition, which could be technology, it could be the marketplace. The marketplace might have completely changed. So that's something where I think um, these very specific visions have a place, but we need to be careful with them. So with that having two types of vision, I thought I'll have a think about it in relation to our business. So Actus is a small, we've got about 20, 20 odd people, performance and talent management provider. So I was thinking, what's our overall vision? So we came up with, when we did this at our team away day, which was we're about enabling people professionals to deliver greater value into their organisation. And the idea there is that it's something that's bigger than the product. So that's one of the reasons we started doing things like the HR Uprising podcast, because it's about actually uh, you want both the product and all the other things, the training and consultancy and um, and services and podcasts, et cetera, et cetera, materials, deliver, help people deliver greater value. So it's bigger than a product. But we still needed to have a product vision because actually loads of people on a day to day basis can't necessarily, they, they love the idea that you're helping people professionals deliver greater value, but they can't really see what it is that we're going to do or, or actually how will we know when we've got there? That's one of the challenges, isn't it? And this is where we start getting into the realms of objectives as well and clarity. So then we had a more of a product vision, which was to be the performance and talent provi management provider of choice for people professionals. So it's still general. It's not a smart objective by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a little bit more specific and you could start then drilling into this. So this is where we think about chunking down. The next step would be going into our mission, which is how we then work out how do we achieve that? So how do we become a provider of choice? How do you become the number one shoe manufacturer? How do you get rid of Alzheimer's? That's where we get into our mission. So let's think about what a mission statement is. As I said earlier, mission and vision can be used interchangeably, not ideally, but they do seem to, but they should have different purposes. So the vision statement's about where we want to be in the future. The mission statement is more specific about what we're here to achieve in the here and now, and a large extent then goes into how we're going to achieve it, which is more about your objectives and strategic priorities. 
So I keep using this term chunking. I hope it's something that's familiar to you, but that's where we're basically going down and becoming slightly more detailed. We start with something very general with the vision. We chunk down a little bit into maybe our project vision. We then go into our mission, which is what we want to do in the here and now. And then out of that, we would have business priorities, then objectives and individual objectives. So what is a mission? And it seems that when I was looking at this, there seems to tend to be three components. So uh, Chris Bart, Professor of Strategy and Governance um, in Canada, University in Canada, and an expert in this area, says that a commercial mission statement has three essential components. It talks about the market, it talks about the product, and it talks about how it's distinctive. So it allows you to distinguish or differentiate. So that's the point there of the mission. Put more simply, we're saying, what does the business do? Who is it for in the market? And how does it do it? And how is it different? So examples of mission statements that I found, Spotify's is to unlock, oh, sorry, to unlock the potential of human creativity by giving a million creative artists the opportunity to live off their art and billions of fans the opportunity to enjoy and be inspired by it. So they're not short, are they? Sorry, it's quite hard. And actually the Disney one's even longer. So that's why I've written this down as well, if you want to read this. So if you're in the car, you might be going, what on earth did that say? So that Spotify one, I get it when you look at it, but actually it's quite complex and there's lots of big words. Maybe the vision is to unlock the potential of human creativity. Maybe this is a vision and mission statement. And then they go into, by giving a million creative artists, so it's talking about who they are, um, and the opportunity to live off their art and billions of fans the opportunity to enjoy and be inspired by it. Now, is that differentiating? Maybe. Okay, so the Disney one, this is a long one too. So remember the Disney one had the fabulous to make people happy vision. Their mission is to be one of the world's leading producers and providers of entertainment and information. Using our portfolio of brands to differentiate our content, services and consumer products we seek to develop the most creative, innovative and profitable entertainment experiences and related products in the world. Well, it's definitely not short and concise, but we're not saying mission statements have to be, but that does absolutely say what they do. It's still quite general entertainment experiences, but it does say what they do, who is it for, and it talks about differentiation. Amazon apparently has um, a mission which is, we seek to be the Earth's most, <laughs> they're nothing if not ambitious, most customer-centric company for four primary customer sets, consumers, sellers, enterprises, and content creators. Okay. And then I've tried to, with ours, to maybe bring it down to earth. So what was our mission? So we said, we strive to deliver the most complete performance and talent management solution, enabling people professionals to deliver greater value through increased engagement, productivity, and retention. So still aspirational, I'm trying to talk about where it is. Actually, I wonder where that one's got enough about marketplace in it. It's amazing, once you start critiquing this, it just shows this is not a pure science and we shouldn't get too hung up on it, to be perfectly honest, um, because you can be purist about it and I don't think there is a purist version of it. But if you've got something that works for your business, that's the key. And that's why I've done the facilitation um, guide later. The main thing is that people in your business are behind it. They buy into it and they agree about it. And they know, therefore, what they're going to do in order to achieve it. It's giving people clarity and motivation and purpose. So 
we're saying really that the mission statement is more actionable than the vision statement because it's it's more specific but it's still not as specific as a goal. So then I would expect that you would have strategic goals or priorities that fall out of it. And when I was talking to people about things like the balanced scorecard approach, you really then just chunk down further in terms of our mission. How will we achieve our mission at an organizational level? And ideally you would have some clear priorities and this is where they're becoming smarter, but they may not be perfectly smart, that everybody in the organization is aware of. So if you can identify those overall organizational priorities, and you might well use the balanced scorecard, which we talked about a few weeks ago to achieve that, that then gives everybody greater clarity from which to cascade business unit objectives, department objectives, team objectives, and individual objectives. As you go down that cascade, and obviously not everybody has to go through all of those levels of cascade, uh, what's really important is that by the time you get to the individual, it really is smart. And if you want to know more about smart, you know, you've got podcasts that we've done in the past about that. So loads of other information on that that you can link to in the show notes. So we've now talked about vision, mission and priorities and objectives. So I'm simply going to touch on values because I think they probably deserve a podcast in their own right. And I don't want to try and go into loads of detail on them on them now because I think the vision and the mission hang together more so. But what I would say is the values should absolutely underpin or surround the vision and mission. It fits within it. It's all part of the same ethos of an organisation. So you'd say that your values, they describe the core ethos or principles that the company will abide by no matter what. And the really key thing about that is that the company abides by them. One of the biggest problems with values in my experience is where people believe they are just lip service. Someone's created them maybe years ago and no one lives by them, particularly senior managers. So if they work well, and actually to be, to be honest, I more often hear them criticised than not, but that's that's more maybe just about how things have been done and what happens in larger organisations sometimes. If done well, they should inspire people's best efforts and also constrain their actions. So stop them from behaving against them. So it gives people uh, principles to live by. They should help us understand what appropriate workplace behaviour is, what customer service is. It's really about building the culture. And as I say, they only work if people genuinely live up to them and they don't have lip service paid to them. So examples of values in our organisation, we redid them recently. So we had five values and those got filtered down last year to three and they've more got summarised. And actually, I'll just mention why that is. The reason was one of our values we had previously was called United and a bit like teamwork, uh, but it was United because it was a U out of factors. And um, the reason we had that was in response to the culture that we had at the time where we had a few people who didn't really work together. So in response to that, as a management team, we'd identified that we were going to recognise and try and encourage better teamwork. Now, the interesting thing is that ha- that is no longer an issue, um, largely because one of the people have, has gone, um, but uh, it, was, it can often be individuals that you can have ch- challenges with, particularly in smaller organisations. So it wasn't necessary to have that as standalone one. Actually, I would say that it was still really, really important to have teamwork and be united, but it's reflected in one of the other values. So the values that we came up with were just three, trustworthy, 
courageous and resourceful and those replace them. And so the trustworthy, I'd say, is now being people trusting each other in order to work as a team. So the, the ethos is still there, but it was quite nice because we actually built those three um, values out of a, a team day, whereas everyone took part in it. So in summary, we've gone into quite a bit of detail about the difference between vision and mission. I started saying vision, haven't I? Vision and mission. The reality is there is overlap between the two, but it seems fairly clear that the vision statement should be about the longer term future and purpose of the organisation. Our mission is more about the here and now, and it's more likely to include market and differentiators. Strategic objectives or priorities should then fall out of these, and then our business department objective priorities, etc., fall out of them. The most important thing is that they all align and get more specific as we get to the individual. And remember, the values are about the behaviour and the culture of the organisation and should wrap them all together. It should almost sort of be woven within it. So I hope that was reasonably useful to you and reasonably clear. Um, as I say, there's links on the show notes if you want to read it and refer back to it, because there are quite a few examples which you can look at for yourself, uh, see if you agree with them. Uh, as I say, I mentioned the CIPD one earlier, which I thought was quite an interesting one, um, because they very much went what I would say is a value statement and then they go into the how so they don't call it a mission statement and I wonder if that's because actually mission statements to a certain extent have been slated people perhaps think they're old school but they do almost I do say it's almost like a chunked down vision and if you look on the website I've actually put and then they go into more detail of that and also talk about purpose so you know it's not a perfect Science, you can, there's more than one way to do things. I think understanding purpose is quite important, maybe more powerful now for lots of organisations. So have a think about this because it is worth, if there isn't anything like this in your organisation, it is worth facilitating some sort of conversation and getting it out there, particularly in the smaller businesses. I know there's a number of listeners who are in HR departments of one um, who perhaps they're trying really hard to add value, but um, they often with that with founders and, and CEOs of smaller businesses, they're very, very busy and they've got it all in their head, but they've never got it out onto paper or shared it, possibly even with their management team. So there is evidence that suggests that businesses with strong vision, mission and objectives are more successful than those that aren't, which would make sense, particularly when it comes to objectives. So I would recommend that you have a go at um, facilitating something. If you've got a friendly facilitator, involve them. If you want to run one yourself, as I say, there's a download available, which is just a simple agenda. It's not the only way of doing it, but an agenda in which I typically run um, vision mission um, workshops. And actually on that note, um, a few people have contacted me about consultancy and asked what I do. I don't do all that much training anymore. I do a little bit, um, but one of the few things that I do sometimes do is board facilitation. So um, if that's something that you want to, to engage with me, feel free to get in contact or, you know, maybe people local to you that we can recommend. So I'm going to call it a day there. That was our, our podcast on vision, mission and values. I hope you found it of use as ever. If you are enjoying what you're doing, please engage with us, talk to us, recommend other subjects. If you have a moment, always appreciate it if someone takes a moment to um, complete a review on Apple. It really helps us, or, or Spotify, whatever you're listening through. It really helps us build a bit of a following. There's lots and lots of podcasts out there and it just helps people find us. So thanks again. And I look forward to speaking to you next week. Next week uh, is our first masterclass. And we'll be doing a masterclass with Karen Gill on change. 
how to manage change. So I'm looking forward to that. Thank you for listening to the HR Uprising podcast. You can access more information, including resources or links mentioned in the show at our website, www.hruprising.com. Also, you might want to join our LinkedIn community or tweet to us at HR Uprising. We'd love to hear from you.